Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It'll be uh, MK Dons playing in all black. We'll get us underway here at the Valley, attacking the covered end in the first half. Coventry inside to Watson, he's got beyond Matthews and is able to finish for MK Dons. We're just talking about the warning signs of the through balls through the charm defence. They got away with one just now, they won't get away with that one. And it's Watson who gives MK Dons the lead. Yeah, and that's been our issue, you know, where we are okay, we're looking like we're in the game, we're going toe-to-toe, we did Saturday for 20 minutes, we have done today for 40, we haven't been able to get our noses in front, and then you get a couple of bits of clever movement, one decent pass, and we're 1-0 down. Well, heavy touch, and Wickham forward towards Parrott, he's got beyond Famo. Parrott trying to hold up the ball, lays it off for Wickham with the shot, and it's a good save, McGilvery comes down and there's the second for MK Dons. Kessler Hayden was the quickest to react. The possession pays off for MK Dons. And they get the second after 58 minutes. Yep, and it's a very, very good save actually, low down to his left from McGilvery. And like you say, quickest to react. What is the little wing back, Kessler Hayden, and uh, that's what I mean about remaining diligent behind the ball. You know, they suck you in, and as soon as somebody makes an error, they pop it around that player and then they expose Comes with a clearance, and as you say, Rennett, that does it for the game. Referee calls a halt. And welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. Uh, my name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well on this week's show. Then we will be looking back at that 2-0 defeat against Milton Keynes during the week. And of course, looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Hillsborough to take on a Sheffield Wednesday. Joining me uh, to do that first up, uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, mate. Good evening, you sexy beasts. Oh, blimey. Someone's in uh, way too good of a mood. It's just because we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, isn't it? Every, every... Another, <laughs> another two days has passed, mate. Still counting, and it's Christmas yeah. soon, so... <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's only ten months away, and, and, and one day. Can't wait. And also uh, joining us, who I'm sure is already in the Christmas m- mood, uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Got your ball balls out? <laughs> Always. 
Even <laughs> even for Nath, that was left field. Yeah, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, well, not 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 the uh, spirit I thought would be starting the show in, but it's put me in a good mood already. So, uh, well, let's get back down to earth on uh, this week's show. We will be uh, discussing that tuna defeat. We just heard the goals there. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, the manager, of course, Johnny Jackson. Spoke to him uh, after the game. We've also got uh, his. Uh, well, he was asked about the back three again. It's something that's been we've been talking about. We've got the injury update. You know, we've. Seems to be suffering with a, a bit of an injury crisis uh, for the trip to Hillsborough. Before we look ahead to that game, of course, we'll hear from uh, James uh, from the Wednesday Till I Die pod. He gives us the view uh, in terms of uh, from a Sheffield Wednesday point of view. And, of course, Jacko will look ahead to the game uh, himself. Got loads of tweets and emails as well to, to talk about before that game. So, I mean, we just heard the goals there, Nathan. Um, Oh, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, there, there was an area, like, again, we started all right, actually. I thought we started better than we did on, on, on Saturday, and, and we started that game okay. But the, as soon as we went a goal behind, it was just felt like an air of inevitability about it. You know, Burstow missed that chance at the far post to make it 1-1, one, 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 and then Milton Keynes got a second, and then the game just sort of played out, really, and uh, a fourth defeat in a row. And we are, I don't know, in a bit of a rut now in terms of in, in terms of results. Yeah, I agree. I thought we started quite positively um, in comparison. And um, I mean, I must admit the first half, I thought MK didn't really offer anything. I thought they were slow, didn't really do much. They kept, there was a couple of balls they got in behind. Happened the first time, then it happened the second time, I think. And then you're looking at it going, we keep doing this. We know what's going to happen. And lo and behold, all, you know, we have to admit it was a great ball in. but I think it was Coventry. I think he played it on the outside of his foot. But yeah, and um, we, we our heads go down because we all know in the predicament that we're in at the moment, we're barely, you know, we're struggling to score one goal, let alone trying to get two against an informed Don's team. And yeah, it was disappointing. And after the break, you knew they couldn't have got any worse. Um, they took their chance. They've got some good players. They're fluid. Um, and I must, in my opinion, I think the second half they gave us a bit of a bit of a schooling, really. And um, we know they're a good side; they're up there for a reason. Um, but they've had many years of of, of building an ethos and getting to where they are. So, in a bit of a rut, we've got <laughs> the games don't get any easier in February. February, looking at the fixtures, February was always a tough month. Um, but I thought, you know, originally I thought we'd be looking at going. Well, you know, when we'll get our games won in February, we you know, make the playoffs. But fortunately, we're looking the other way at the moment. So we need to pick up some, even if it's a nil-nil or a one-nil with you know, shove Pierce up top. But you know, you never know what happens. But we need something from somewhere just to ignite a bit of, ignite a bit of, you know, a bit of flame really into the season because we did think it would go into a bit of a lull thinking that we were safe and then we've gone on this dreadful run and it's back alive again with a relegation scrap. It could be if we keep going the way that we're going. Yeah, you're seeing it that way in a relegation scrap with nine points above the drop zone and we were lucky that Morecambe lost again on on, on midweek. Tom, are you feeling that there's still a danger we're getting sucked into that again? I mean, points-wise, we're not a million miles away. Um, I I personally don't think we are. Um, I know we're on this little four-game uh, sort of run or, or we've lost I think four of our last five um, but I think there are enough signs there that, that we'll be okay um, we've gone on a, a nice little run before that so it's been very up and down but I think overall since since Johnny's come in the the points per game is okay um, 
and when you look at it, are bigger than than just these last four games, which, as Nafe just said, there are, are some of the toughest games you're going to get in this league. I think it could be worse. I think my concern. I wasn't there on Saturday against Oxford, but my concern with the last two games is the fact that they are at home and that we've crumbled so easily because the home record is probably what's going to kind of save us or keep us up, which is depressing enough to say. Um, so when we look ahead to, to this Saturday coming, I think that's going to be a difficult one. And if we get anything from that, obviously I'll be pleased. But, you know, I think that the home games between now and the end of the season, we need to make sure that we're winning those uh, to to ensure that we, we stay in this league. Uh, I'm not, not necessarily too worried about relegation, but I'm also... Uh, I don't know what's the word, humble enough to, to accept that we're not out of it yet. You know, if we do continue to lose games, it, it doesn't take much to be pulled back into it. But I just think probably we've got enough in the squad with, I know strikers again aren't going to be back necessarily for Saturday, but I think by the time they are back in the next few weeks, you would expect in, uh, performances to improve again. And I think we'll get enough wins to survive. Whether that's good enough is is another question, but I'm not too worried about relegation. So hopefully that's not being naive. Mm, I mean, the manner of the first goal, Nathan, uh, I, I do ask Jackson about it, uh, or I did ask him, I'm not sure, I can't remember if it makes a clip I've, I've put in for, for, for this podcast, but it's so similar to, to the goal we the, the goals we conceded, you know, getting played sort of down the side or, 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 or a ball slips or slid in between our, our defence uh, on, on a wide, slightly wider sort of angle. You know, that's that's two or three times it's happened, happened against Oxford twice, and it's happened now in midweek. I mean, is that that's something that Jackson's expressed his frustration because... They've been working on that, but I mean, is that is that something that the formation leaves us open to? That's certainly a, a question that people are asking. Yeah, potentially. I think the first goal it was good movement, it was good vision, um, and it didn't help that we switch off. And even for the second goal, you know, the difference is Mac makes a save, jury's out on whether you know he pushes it wider. But the fact of the matter is that both of their wing backs have scored, and both of our wing backs didn't get forward. So. Maybe it does play a part, but I mean, at the end of the day, is when you're conceding goals, you've just got to do the basics right. And if you switch off against a good team, which we did for that first goal, you're going to get punished. Um, and I think that's what the, the diff- that's the difference between us and MK Dons, is obviously they're not making silly mistakes. They've got a lot more strikers than we have at the moment, because we've barely got one. Um, but yeah, it, it can may have, um, you know had an effect on the goal of the formation, but we could sit here till the cows come home and talk about whether it's four four two or you could play four four two and still get cut open with that ball. You know, it's still it's still tracking your runner and he run off Matthew's shoulder and it was too easy for him. But like I said earlier, they got him behind so many times. I thought Akin was flat footed I think for, for most of the game it it just seems to have dipped a little bit. He seems angry. Um and yeah, it's just, I don't know, we're just making silly mistakes at the moment and we're getting punished for them. Um, and that's the difference, between, why, that is the reason why we are where we are. Mm, yeah, I mean, one big potential turning point was that miss from, from Mason Burstow. Sort of corner half cleared, got back out wide to, to Albie Morgan and he's drilled to cross in. It has bounced just in front of Mason, but I think even with that, that sort of um, mitigation, he still would have expected the, uh, the net to bulge for that one, Tom. Yeah, I think he'll uh, he'll obviously be disappointed with that. And over the last few games, obviously, there's been a a lot of pressure on his shoulders because he's been the only striker available for us. Um, I know Leko played up top with him. He, he's not really a striker and has done very little in the, the recent games that I've seen. Um, so I feel a bit sorry for Mason. Uh, I know that's probably not how a lot of people feel. He's just got a big move to Chelsea. He's 
probably set for life with a new contract and and on to better things and uh i know that people perhaps won't won't feel the same but i don't think the the transfer makes any difference in my mind at the moment he's a a charlton player albeit on loan and uh i think obviously he wants to do the best for us you could see how frustrated he was at a couple of chances he missed actually thought his gameplay on tuesday night was was pretty good he was uh he was working hard he was chasing balls down he was certainly putting in more of a shift than some of the other players so yeah unfortunately if he doesn't score goals he's going to come in for criticism and, and as you say he probably should have done better with a couple of those chances but you know it wasn't to be um certainly the the defeat wasn't wasn't solely at his door um I didn't actually think on on the whole we played that badly in the first half like Nave said earlier I thought second half they they dominated large parts but first half I thought we were okay just as per couldn't take our chances and I thought we were going to go in at nil-nil and, and try and kick on second half, but obviously conceded that goal late on. But yeah, a bit gutted for Mace really. And, and I just hope those other strikers can get fit and, and take some of the heat off him because it was only a few weeks ago we were talking about you know, it not being fair to be playing him week in, week out. And unfortunately, we haven't had any choice recently. So hopefully he can come out of the firing line soon and, and just have a bit of a break because it's probably what he needs. Mm, I mean, the, the, there is a... Ro- a... A real sort of diff- difficult aura around the place now, Nath, because it's, it's four defeats in a row. You know, it's the season's p- hopefully petered out. You know, I'm saying we're definitely not getting into the playoffs. Outside chance we get sucked back into that relegation battle. But, you know, overall, I think the majority of us are just waiting for the season to end. And the frustration is, is building as well, because this isn't what we were expecting this year. Um, it's, it's a... T- it's a real tough last few weeks that we're going to go through here where there's, where, where there's so much frustration around the place that we, we we do need to lay a marker down between now and the end of the season in some form. You know, the, what, what's going on around the club in terms of you know, how we're going to rebuild and, and you know, this frustration about the, the strange situation with the tickets and, and that sort of stuff. There, 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 there does need to be like a... a I don't know, a, a positive end to this season, just so we can get back onto a footing where we can look, look ahead now to next year with, with something to look forward to. Yeah, it's been a bit of a strange season all round. I think most, well, everyone or most people will be looking forward to it to end. You know, it started badly. It sort of picked up a little bit when we, when Jacko first come in. We had that little bit of hope, I did anyway, and, and then it's sort of gone down again. Then we came back up again, and then we're down again, and now we're looking over our shoulder a little bit. And it's just one of those seasons where you just go, yeah, I just want it to be over and let's have a reset and then go in the go again in the summer. But it just seems like we've been doing that for the last few seasons, really, since we um, got relegated from the championship. You know, just try and, you know, go again. And But there's always something, you know, it's never really easy. I'm not saying it's easy for other clubs or other clubs don't have any issues. But, yeah, it's just one of those seasons that you just want to get it over and done with. Um, there's going to be another lot, of, another quite a few changes, I would imagine, because you've got people out of contract and you've got another new manager who's going to want to put his ethos in and in Jacko and get the players that he wants. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just turning a bit of a lull, and I just, just not, you know, I'm still going to obviously go in and cheer on the boys and obviously still go and meet people at football and that. But yeah, it's not. A, it's not enjoyable at the moment. And then there's a bit of a, like you said about the atmosphere, sometimes it's a bit toxic. I don't really get too involved in it, you know, on social media. It's just sad, really, because, you know, when things are bouncing and I always harp back onto the power season when it was, I met most of, obviously I met you there and so I met a load of people for Charlton. It was brilliant. Um, but that comes with the territory. You know, you lose games when you're a bad run of form. People ain't going to be happy 100%. Um, 
but there there is light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Um, I think we just need to get some strikers back because I think that's what the frustrating is because we're going into games knowing, oh, we're going to score. Not, you know, oh, we could play well. It's okay. We can play okay, but are we going to put the ball in the back of the net? And I think that's just loads of different pressures at the moment is just stirring the pot. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there and, um, you know, we'll just get this season out of the way, mate, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I mean uh, the the attendance on on Tuesday night, Tom, less less than nine thousand people inside the ground, and obviously uh, the, the club have said they're going to change the way they announce the attendances over the last couple of games now. So they're going back to announcing actual people through the door rather than uh, you know the, the the tickets sold plus the tickets given away, which had led to some really bizarre attendance and uh, numbers being announced. I mean that is the way it's always been done. Um, but it, it was quite quite stark when we were announcing some of these big attendances when there there weren't that many people in the ground, especially when, when you think about the, the one on Saturday, which was announced as 14,000, which is, again was the, the amount of people who turned up, but you know there were so many tickets given away that, that it, it meant people couldn't buy them. Obviously, that, that's a part of the messaging they've decided to change. I think it's not just the message about the actual attendance they give out that's part of the problem. The main problem for me is not the number, it's the the fact that people couldn't buy a ticket. So I think they've addressed one half of the issue, but they still need to, obviously, they'll, they'll be wary to make sure that they don't give out so many tickets that people can't actually buy them. But I mean, it, 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 I think it served as a bit of a shock to some people when they saw that, that real attendance announced. And like I say, it would have been masked by the fact that I'm certain we've had Tuesday night attendances like that in recent years, just haven't announced it the way we have this time. So it's, it's probably it's not a one-off, but it's certainly, it's, it's, quite, it's quite an eye-opener, I think, for a lot of people just to realise... And how far away we are now as a club from where we want to be and how much work there is still to do. I think that last point is is probably the key one for me, just as you say, how how far excuse me, how far away we are from from where we want to be. And yeah, it it's I think as you said a little bit earlier, there's it feels very uh fractured across the, the whole club at the moment. Unfortunately, you've got, you know, infighting between fans, you've got the, the ticket issues, some of which I totally understand what people are saying. You know, I'm a season ticket holder, so is Naif. You know, we've paid whatever a cost per game is and ours are some of the cheapest season tickets. You've got people who've probably turned up to as many games and paid less. So that's, I, I totally get that frustration. I think turning up on Tuesday night and seeing the sparse crowd, as you say, it wasn't, didn't feel particularly any less to me there than it has been at other Tuesday nights. But for people who can't go to games, who live abroad or whatever, and just see the figure, it probably does come as a bit of a shock. Um, and I think the the fact that we do have that number, I was used to seeing that number under under Roland when we were going nowhere. But only two seasons ago, what well, two and a half seasons ago, we were in the championship. You know, pre-COVID, uh, started that season quite well. You know, everybody was was together and. And to go from that to where we are now, and I know it's been up and down since then, uh, both in football and obviously outside of football in, in the wider world, it's just, it's very sad to see because at the moment with all that, that fracturing and everything, it feels like we're a million miles away from putting on a promotion push next year as well. I feel like if if we were playing okay, but playoffs were out of sight and we were, we were all behind Jacko and we were all, you know, Sangard had announced it, they were starting to talk to players all of that kind of stuff, you'd feel a sense of unity, but I just don't feel that at the moment. I feel like there's people who want him gone, there's people who want him to stay, there's people who are looking over their shoulder still for this season, there's people who've given up. Um, nothing's really happening with player contracts as far as I can see. 
Um, it's just all just a bit sad, really. Um, and I think it's, as I said on Tuesday night when I left the ground, for me, it's just about getting this season done, getting our business done early and trying to kick on. But I feel like we've said that for so many years and I didn't think it was going to be like that this year. Mm. And there's, I mean, there's still loads of questions as well, of course, about the the setup of, of of the club and the and the, the people that have been brought in to do the jobs, you know, there was a picture of Martin Sangard in sat next to Steve Gallon. You know, he's uh, certainly unproven. Uh, I think it, you know that would be the kind way to put it. I, I think it's fair to say that again, if Roland had put his son in charge of the transfers um, or, or in charge of a department in the club with 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 what would appear to be not very much relevant experience, that would certainly be an eye opening situation so that the jury I mean to put it lightly the jury is still very much out on on how the club's going to be run in terms of that sort of stuff going forward there's still plenty of things to be proven as well so there's a lot of difficult things at the moment and and it's hard to to really get up for next season until we until we start to see what's going to happen and you know with with the caveats in place like I've just mentioned anyway right let's hear what Johnny Jackson made of the defeat against Milton Keynes uh, during the week. Uh, he came in to speak to us in the press conference after, uh, and I asked JK what he made of the performance. I think a game decided in both boxes, really. Um, again, thought we started really well, really brightly, matched the team, known for their possession, uh, had a lot of the ball, uh, moved it well from box to box, I thought, uh, created some openings in that, in that period there, and uh, obviously wasn't clinical, and then get undone in a little moment just before half-time, which is obviously disappointing. Going one down in a game where I felt like we was we was sort of more than a match for him and, and well in it. So, yeah, disappointing. And obviously um, conceding in the second half makes it difficult to chase the game now, especially, you know, when you're, you're looking to make changes to try and impact it. And, you know, you, you, you're obviously uh, in the top end of the pitch. We are really sort of limited in what we can do there. I was going to ask, do you think it could have been a different story if you had some of your more senior strikers available? I think the whole season would be a different story, Lou, if five of my senior strikers available. Um, haven't lost the match when Washington and Stockley have played together. Haven't got the impact of an EK from the bench, Blackett-Taylor. Uh, brought Fraser in, obviously, to help in, in that respect. and He's been out with COVID and now, obviously, Burstow's come off with, with a hamstring, so... Seems like a bit of a cursed position, and yeah, I think it's changed the whole complexion of the season, to be honest. Because after every defeat, I've looked back and, and you know assessed, and you, know, you look and you can't help but think, well, you know, if if Stockley and Washington and certain other players had been available, would would the outcome be different? And uh, I think the answer is yes, most of the time. However, it is what it is. You know, we have to. The people who come in after after try and claim that spot and and do the job and obviously it's been it's been really difficult to get re- results without them. What is the early news on Mason? You mentioned the hamstring. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he just said he felt his hamstring. Uh, so you know, obviously he's being assessed now. You're not going to know for a, for a day or two until we, I suppose he's had a scan and find out what the result is then. But I'd be amazed if he's available for Saturday. You obviously can't get away from the fact it's, it's four defeats in a row now as well and it feels like a bit of a, a rot is sort of setting around the place as well. How how difficult is it to, li- to lift them back up after that? Yeah, the rot hasn't set in around the place. They're, I just said to them, if, they, you know, if, I felt like, if I felt like they wasn't trying and uh, giving their all, then you'd have a serious problem on your hands. But, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're out on their feet there. Um, 
and they they're giving they're giving it they're giving it everything despite what the results and despite what you know people might think that that's a group of it's a group of lads really trying and uh, I can't fault them for that but obviously we need more um, but there's a spirit there and I just said to them there that's that's how you get through these these periods you know I've had them in my career and you just bite down you work hard and the next time you get into training the next you do everything you possibly can and they're all obviously playing for a shirt now because I've made changes and everyone bar Niall John so far has, has had an opportunity to play and uh, you know now obviously I've got to try and pick an 11 for, for Sheffield Wednesday so um, it's about what they do between between now and then to show me they should be playing Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Again, to his left is Gunter. Gunter with the cross. It's a search across. That's a lovely header for Delaney Giacini. The searching cross from Chris Gunter. Giacini beats McFadden to the ball against Chamberlain. Yeah, and we talk about this week in, week out about players anticipating coming in from the far side, getting inside the fullback. Spotting that cross early, making the run, anticipate, get across your man and meet it well. I mean, it's a very brave header from Jaya Seaman. Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. Just before the break, we heard from uh, Johnny Jackson. I just want to mark your card, actually. On Sunday, uh, the women's team are in the FA Cup. Uh, in the fifth round uh, of the competition, they're playing the WSL team Everton, a repeat of the final from a, a few years ago, of course, Charlton versus Everton. Uh, that's a one o'clock kickoff at the Oakwood in Crayford uh, this Sunday. Uh, tickets are just £5 as well, so why not get down there and support Karen Hills and her side. They have been in excellent form uh, recently, beat Plymouth 6-0 in the previous round in this competition uh, as well. I think they, 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 probably, they, they just went about nine, nine, ten hours without conceding a goal until I think it was Bristol City broke that duck for us uh, recently. But yeah, they're on, they're on banging form and uh, a big chance to try their uh, test their wits against uh, a big club in, in the women's game. So make sure you get down to the Oakwood on, on Sunday. Uh, I mean, Jacko, I asked him if he thought it would have been a different story on Tuesday, Nath, if we had the strikers fit. When he said it'd be a different season if we had the strikers fit, you know, if you think about since the turn of the year, you know how how often have we been without Jaden Stockley since since December, um, Connor Washington in and out since since December pretty much. Obviously, you know Chucks and EK, um, who it sounds like it's going to be long a long longer term is what is what Jacko said. I mean, 
if we had those players, would we be in the top six now? Would we be nearer the top six at least? Um, yeah, I think we'd probably be uh, higher than where we are for sure. I think obviously strikers win your games and defenders win your titles. So, but I mean, we could score. There was times that last year where we were scoring loads of goals, but then conceding them as well. So, and there's been many, there's been many times this year we just keep, keep giving silly. Silly goals away, naive free kicks in dangerous positions when we know we're not a big team and we haven't got the likes of Vinicius and Stockley in the team. Or so I think, yeah. With listen, no matter how bad we were the last couple of games, and we were bad, um, any team, if you take their four strikers out of the equation, they're not really going to do much, and that goes across any league all the way down to Sunday league. You take four of your people who score you goals. Albeit, you know, a bit sporadic and they're not all up there. But you take them away at your team, you're going to struggle. And that's what we have been doing. But that's when you're going to try and say, well, let's try and keep it tight. Let's keep no mistakes and at least try and nick a nil-nil or nick a one-nil off a set piece. But we're not doing that. We're just going one-nil down. It looks as though we crumble. And it looks as though we have no belief that we're going to score. Um, and when you've got that recipe, it doesn't really come out as a... I don't know, it doesn't come out as your favourite dish, you know what I mean? It'll come out like a salmon on crew or something, you know what I mean? Something really rubbish, but yeah, it's it's not a good recipe and that's where we are at the moment and that's what we've got to deal with. We can't change it, we've just got to get on with it and then and hopefully we can just try and get that little bit of confidence, that little bit of spark, ignite some flames in there and try and put a good end to the season. I'm going to suggest that's the first time a Samet on crew has ever been mentioned on Charlton Live. But yeah, if you if anyone I don't even know I don't even know where that come from, mate. To be honest, but I just remember trying it when I was younger. It's and it was the most salmon in pastry, thing. isn't it? Is yeah, it? it's that really dry stuff. Yeah, oh, it's rancid like that. And what's the other one? Crab paste. That's another thing I can't have. Oh, it's absolute rubbish. But uh, anyway. Well. <laughs> We'll, uh, maybe we'll start a side pod cookery hour with uh, with Nathan Muller. I'm sure I'm sure loads of people will be interested in that. Let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails uh, that have come in. Uh, plenty of, as you can imagine, have, have emailed us. Tony said, evening chaps. I'll try and find some positivity, although I'm not promising anything. The Milton Keynes game was strange. First half, we were okay. Uh, they didn't have anything until the goal. Then we went back to the Adkins fragile mentality. I think we have a few that are simply not good enough. Uh, we really need some leaders on the pitch. I don't believe that Gilby is a captain. Both goals were caused by fullback switching off. Uh, they exploited this perfectly. Macca can't keep making save after save. Yes, I do think he's been at fault sometimes this season, but could there be many other keepers in this league who could do better? 87 saves from 126 shots faced. Uh, we need to come out uh, as a club and say that Jacko is the man to start next season and let him build. We probably need 10 good players to have a top three squad for next season. Uh, we have been at worst. Remember Loic Nigo and Charam in goal. Also, let, let's not forget Polish Pete. That's from uh, Tony and Elton. Yeah, cheers, Tony. And we've got Adam Biggs uh, from the Upbeats evening. Adam says he really wants to see Charlton uh, getting three points in the next game. Uh, for Johnny Jackson to to make him happy uh, as well as the fans. He's uh, still clinging on to the hope that we might make the playoffs there, Adam. Uh, I, I, I wish I had the... Uh uh, well, the enthusiasm you did, but we, we never know. Right, Al said, uh, I said it last week. I'll hope, uh, I'll say it again. We're in a relegation battle. We need to wake up and realise it. Uh, I can't see where our next point is coming from, let alone three. We're not too big to go down. Look at Portsmouth. They were down uh, in League Two for four years. That's from Al. Cheers, Al. 
Michael says uh, this uh, run feels exactly the same like the run that we had in the championship where everyone was injured and we got relegated as a result of it. Nine points gap to relegation will close up unless we can get some cover up front and turn this form around. Academy players and playing position uh, players out of uh, out of position wingers, apologies, uh, are not going to work. So throw in some suggestions out there. Uh, can we terminate Davison's loan and bring him back? We, oh, well, we, you can't do that outside of a window, unfortunately, Michael. Uh, it says further afield, Robson Carney is a free agent at the moment. Could we get him in? Uh, for three months. It's starting to feel a bit desperate now. There seems to be no solution other than saying we need to wait for injured players to come back uh, and we can't put a timeline on when that will be. Every week that goes by without Connor, Chucks or Jaden, we're sliding towards a relegation scrap. Uh, that needs four teams to be worse than us. Surely I'm not the only one feeling that we're asleep at the wheel here and slipping into a relegation scrap again. I mean, I'm, Robson, uh, Robson Carney mentioned there, Tom, I mean, one of your Welsh brethren, would you be interested? I mean, uh, the problem with free agents is yeah, he'll come in and knowing us, he'd he, he only have one leg or something, but he certainly won't be anywhere near ready to play. So would he be the short-term solution that we, that we think he is? If, if he is, would someone else not have snapped him up by now? I mean, I'd love to see it, but I think realistically it's difficult, isn't it? I, I think the, the free agent market is perhaps a good idea. The fact that we haven't either suggests we're not thinking creatively or we're hoping that these strikers are going to be back quick enough. I think Jacko probably would have expected someone like Leko to have made more of an impact up there than, than he has. Um, he was almost anonymous on Tuesday night. He was really disappointing. Um, and other than that, obviously, we do still have Mason Burstow. And again, I know I said earlier, I, I don't want us to be picking him all the time. But when you've got a striker there, then maybe Jacko's thinking, well, he's who I'm going to be with. I think you've got two options. Well, there's three. There's either we carry on as we are, which is what he has been doing the past few games, or you try and change the formation so you just play the one up top. So you, you maybe go 4-3-3 with wingers or 4-5-1 if you can. Um, or you do something like that and you do go creative and you do look at somebody in the, the free agent market to come in on a short-term short -term deal. I think someone at his age probably isn't looking for a longer-term contract. But if you could get someone who's a bit hungrier who maybe wants them to get a year, like Corey Blackett-Taylor, then maybe there is an option there. I personally, I, I can't see it happening. And the only reason I really say that is because it's not something we've done in the past. But I don't think it's a ridiculous shout. Uh, Robson Carnu himself, I, I don't know whether he's the right person, but to go into that free agent market is quite a nice idea. I'm just not sure if we'll do it. Hmm, interesting stuff. Right, I mean, you mentioned about the, the change in formation or, or the lack of change in formation. And again, that's something that... You know, people message us after every game, why don't you ask Jackson? I mean, we have asked him previously, and, and he was asked again on, on Tuesday. So it's not like he doesn't get asked these questions. Um, I mean, I can play you the answer now, actually. This is what uh, Johnny said when he was asked if he had considered uh, changing the back three on Tuesday. Well, because I, I can rip it all up and start again, or I can, you know, we have, we've had success doing that. Not of late, we haven't. But um, obviously I changed personnel. For me, that was enough. Um, I don't think it was systems or, or things that cost us today. I think it was individual lapses in concentration. Um, system for system, I thought there weren't a lot in the game. There we go. I mean, exactly the same answer he gave me a few weeks ago, which I knew, which I knew he would. Um, I mean, you mentioned it there, Nathan, earlier on. You know, Milton Keynes have been working on a style and a way to play, and they played through at the back, of course. For a number of years now, Russell Martin was in there. He's taken his style to Swansea. Liam Manning's come in and looked to 
keep that identity around the place. And no one was complaining about Milton Keynes' performance on, on Tuesday night, other than it was a bit boring. But, you know, that's, that's position football for you. Is, is it because they never tore it up when it wasn't working the first time? Is, is that is that what we're going for here? But, I mean, on the other hand, there has to be a point where Jacko go, look, we need, to, we need to pick up some results and maybe I'll just go a bit back to basics for now. It's a, t- it's a tough one for Jackson to try and balance. But like I say, I mean, Milton Keynes have been playing to a certain style for a number of years and it's working for them. So why shouldn't we try and build a certain style and identity about the team, which we absolutely lacked at the start of the season? Yeah, 100%. I think, I think, I was, I think I'm trying to remember who I spoke to on Tuesday after the game. I think it was Carl. And um, I was just saying, what we've got to try and remember is exactly that. MK have had years of building this. They've had that ethos of playing possession-based football. We had Boya that Kate, you know, Boya was here and he had the way of playing mainly with a narrower system. And we had hardly any wingers. Then we got Nigel in and now he's built a team which had predominantly wingers in, looking to go to play with wingers. And now we've gone to Jacko, who's now got, who's looking to play maybe a back three. So over a space of, what, a year, um, we got three different managers with three different ways of playing with more or less with a couple of bits here and there, the same squad. I know there was a, obviously Bowie had Cullen and that, but after that, we've got, it's just a mishmash of loads of different formations and stuff. So I think, yeah, I think I'm a firm believer that you should believe, if you believe in a way of playing, if you believe in a certain style that you should stick to it 100%. I don't think you should just rip it all up and think of a new one. I just think where needs must, if you've not got the players to play in that formation due to injuries or suspensions which we're going through, I just think maybe just change it up just to get through until the summer when he can have a window and build his squad properly because playing Mason and Leco is never going to work. They're too far apart. Leco doesn't work hard enough. They both need a big man next to them, which we don't have. So we're too, we're too one-dimensional at the moment. It's just a clip over the top and it's mm. so easy to read. Yeah, uh, a couple more emails as well. Tom said, evening boys, a bit of reality check is needed. We're missing Stockley, Washington, Chucks and Fraser. No team can lose that amount of players and cope when playing the top teams. I've never known a team suffer with injuries like us. Do you think the medical team needs looking at, although it doesn't help when you buy injury-prone players? You do have to wonder, though, uh, as Chucks was never injured at Birmingham. He rarely played, though. He, he, he tended to come off the bench, of course. Uh, Playing a Mason up top on his own is an impossible task. He wouldn't be getting such negative comments if he hadn't signed for Chelsea. The boy runs his socks off and for me looks like he gives everything. So people need to lay off him as everyone would have jumped ship in his position. As for Lico, don't get me started. I'll drive him back up north myself uh, for free. Season's over. Uh, let's focus on next year and hope we stay up. That's from uh, Tom Lecabi. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I remain surprised by some of, the, some of the comments. You know, a lot of people still supporting Mason. He missed a big chance on... Tuesday, which you'll be very disappointed about, but I haven't seen the changes in mentality since he's gone to Chelsea. He's, he's still, you know, he'll struggle to impact games, as I've said, ever since he first came into the team, because he's an 18-year-old, but I still think it's not like he's not running his uh, his what's-its off, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of people have been a bit harsh about him personally. I mean, some of the responses to a tweet I sent about him this afternoon, I can't believe what I'm reading sometimes, but there we go. Uh, one more email, uh, and uh, this is from David. Uh, the amount of injuries we have at the moment uh, and in the past, uh, we need to question our training methods. I remember the start of the season, we had 
had loads of unfit players which were being used as an excuse as to why we're playing so badly. So much for this uh, smart sports science stuff uh, from our fitness and conditioning coaches because it's not working. Well, we certainly need an update, don't we, on the uh, fitness situation. Uh, Terry did ask Jacko about that during press day today and uh, we'll base it on the the question on the fact that we did see some pictures on the club account today of Jake Foster-Kasky and Jaden Stockley uh, both back out on the grass. Yeah, they was out there on the grass today. Obviously, they haven't. They, that, that was their first involvement. So um, we have to obviously manage their reintegration with the group and and the squad and things like that. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll look at today. We'll look at uh, tomorrow, and we'll decide from that whether whether they have any involvement. Whether that's you know from the bench stuff like that. I wouldn't imagine. Well. Neither would be available to come straight in and start having missed the chunk of football that they have and having, having had so little training. Um, and obviously, we need to see how they react from training as well because that's their first sort of stimulus in in quite a while. So, um, yeah, next couple of days will be will be key on deciding how we go about it. Obviously, that means there's a, a little ray of sunshine coming through from from somewhere, which is which is important. But Mason Burstow added to our striker injury crisis uh, Tuesday night. Do we know the severity of Mason's injury? Well, well, Mason, um, I f- we think it was just a really bad, bad bout of cramp that he had. Um, Fatigue-related young lad who's obviously, um, you know, been thrust into senior football, uh, playing a lot of minutes, probably more than than anyone expected. So um, that can catch up with you. That's been, you know, he has had uh, cramp issues in games, and obviously that's, a, that's another thing that we need to look at because he's cramped up in the game. Thought he thought he'd done his hamstring, so that can be, you know, with young lads that might not know, that haven't done hammies before, might not know how their body's going to react to that as well. So um, another one, he might be available, Mason, but whether you know it'd be how how we use him, mindful of the fact that you know he had to come off the pitch uh, on Tuesday night. There we go. So closer to having Jake and, and Jaden back. Doesn't sound like they'll be they'll be close enough for Saturday by any stretch. I mean, Jacko did say similar in midweek that, that Jaden's sort of getting closer, but you know he's, he's only really just started training, so he will still be without his two months since he last played, isn't he? So he'll need that fitness back. Um, but I mean, it is a boost that, that Mason will be fit enough to play, Tom, because you know this was part of it. I I I um put it on Twitter and said, well, some good news. And I've got loads of people saying, are you sure that's good news? I was like, well, would you rather have no strikers than one striker? Surely, surely that's good news. And someone who's actually scored a couple of goals this season, even if he is, and I keep reiterating, struggling to impact games a little bit at times, especially now he hasn't got someone to play alongside him. You, you say that, but Man City play with no strikers, don't they? And they seem to do fine. So maybe that's the problem. But um, no, obviously, obviously it's good news. Uh, and... I guess it's it's almost bad news for Mason because he's going to play again and he's going to be up there, for want of a better word, on his own again. And, and that's not really fair on him. But I totally agree with you. I don't think his attitude's changed. I think he's going to want to play. I'm sure he's desperate to score another goal. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen for him in the last couple of games, that's all. Um, and, and the other positive signs around those other players is obviously encouraging. As you say, not going to be ready for Saturday, but looking further ahead like I spoke about earlier with the the concern of potential relegation or getting sort of sucked back into that, at least if they can come back towards the end of the season, there's a chance for them to have an impact in, in some way. Um, but yeah, I, I think we, you know, Mason being, being fit is, is really important. As I say, it's just about 
what we do for these other games, as both Nathan and I said a few minutes ago, does Jacko kind of not tear it up, but just go back to basics for the next few games because he hasn't got the personnel that he needs and maybe he will do that. I think if we start with Mason and Lecco up top again, I imagine that the uh, the replies to, to chart on Twitter aren't going to be too nice, not that they are very often anyway. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, ho- I hope he starts and I hope he gets a goal to, to silence some of that criticism. But I also hope if, if we get a chance, we can just give him a bit of a break because he's just been playing so many games of late. Yeah, and it's, it's so often you'd see young... I mean, because he's saying that the, the injury that he picked up on Tuesday, we first feared it was a hamstring injury, was cramp. And, like, you know, I understand a lot of people don't don't see it this way. As an 18-year-old, he should be fine. But I, I, I've never understood medically why this is. But often when you see younger players, they pick up cramp and that sort of thing a lot easier than you know, slightly more experienced ones. I don't know if it's because 18s football isn't quite as vigorous as, as coming up into the into the men's team or 23s or whatever. But it's, that is something that happens often. That's why you do have to protect your younger players slightly from playing week in, week out. That's why... That's why that happens, you know, and and, and that's the situation currently uh, with Mason Burstow, right? I mean, that was the, the team news, or at least some of it, ahead of the, the game with Sheffield Wednesday uh, up at Hillsborough on Saturday. Let's hear a little bit about the opposition. Now, I spoke to James uh, from the Wednesday Till I Die uh, podcast during the week and asked him how he has assessed uh, the start to the season that sees Sheffield Wednesday sitting just outside the playoffs. Uh, it's been a strange one, uh, to be fair. I mean, we started off pretty well. Obviously, we've got the draw in the opening game of the season with, with yourself, which, um, you know, then went into, you know, three or four wins. We'd not conceded a goal. It, it seemed pretty easy at the at the start of the season. We sat at the top of the league uh, at one point. Um, then things went a little bit south, to be fair. When, you know, there were calls for Darren Moore to get sacked from a certain section of the fans. Um, the football wasn't great to watch. I mean... I still I still say that we we you know we're well over halfway into the season and you probably count on one hand the actual good games of football that we've actually played. Um, injuries have cost us dearly. Like we, we've got I think ten players out injured currently at the moment, which is obviously not ideal. Uh, I know I think you're in the same in the same boat with uh, in terms of injuries, but you know we've. Um, it's just you know miraculous that we we're, we're still in with a shout of the playoffs and you know, as we go into Saturday's game. I think we're you know we're, we're about level on points with uh, the likes of Sunderland who were who were in sixth. So I I, I just can't believe that we're I said we're, with the problems that we've had, um, problems scoring goals that we're, that we're still in with a shout. Yeah, I mean, what were the expectations when you came into the season? Obviously, it had been a while since you'd last been in in League One. You, you came down in, in in difficult circumstances, of course. I mean. A lot of Charlton fans, are, obviously with your points deduction, a lot of Charlton fans felt like it should have happened the season before because that would have kept us up. But, um, uh, I mean, what, what what were you thinking coming into this year? I mean, I, even with the, the financial issues, you're still a massive, a massive fish in this pond. Yeah, I mean, when we got relegated, at the, you know, when we when we drew with Derby uh, last season, you know, there was a lot of players that were going to be leaving, you know, the likes of Jordan Rhodes, Tom Lees, Kieran Westwood, you know, Adam Reach, etc. They they were all leaving because you know they, they'd not signed new deals and they were on big wages. At that point, you looked at the squad that we got. You looked at the fact that we were in a transfer embargo, so we couldn't pay for any players. There were the issues about around paying the players as well that we that we've had in you know uh, recent times. I generally f- feared for for this season. Uh, obviously, Darren Moore was already there, um, and then in the, in the pre season, we'd signed 
13, 14 players, good quality players like Lee Gregory, uh, Dennis Adeneran, you know, um, Jack Hunt's re-signed as well. And when you look at when you look at the players that we've brought in, everyone was thinking, you know, on paper this squad is far better than than any other League One side. So going into the season, we expected. No, I'm not doing the, the League One any disservice, but we expected to go straight back up automatic. Now. I think expectations have, have changed somewhat since um, since the season started. Obviously, Rotherham and Wigan are, are pretty much running away with it. So, you know, getting playoffs now would be um, would be a decent finish. And uh, you mentioned about Darren Moore. Obviously, he's, he's been there since since last season. I mean, uh, how was he viewed by the the Sheffield Wednesday fans? Yeah, did a Reasonable job, I guess, with West Brom at one point in the Prem. He was at Doncaster. He's, I don't know. Did, did he feel like a, a big name coming in, or was he a bit underwhelming? Um, it wasn't exactly a, a big name, but you know, who, who else are you going to attract when you've got a points deduction and you're sat rock bottom of the of the uh, of, of of the Championship? It's um, the, the fact. I mean, obviously, whenever a manager gets sacked, you, when you're looking at all the the managers that are available, it's all those that are out of work, and it's all the the same names that keep getting. Regurgitated, like regurgitated, but you've got, um, you know, Darren Moore was in work. He wasn't really a, a target, mainly because we never really get anyone that's in a job. So, you know, uh, it kind of came as a bit of a surprise. He was linked, but he, he kind of quashed those rumours early on. But, but yeah, I think when he came in, he's obviously Mr. Nice Guy. He, um, he says the right things. You know, he seems to... You know, want to do the right things on on the pitch and off the pitch, which is which is nice to see. But you know, the football they were playing at the at the start of the season was, you know, I, I can only say boring. To be fair, we we're playing a four two three one. We weren't creating enough ch- enough chances. It was almost like we were just trying to not concede, as opposed to go up the other end and and you know score more goals than the opposition. Injuries haven't helped, and I think he's not really had a fair crack of the whip this season. You know, the the amount of signings that we've made. When you've got all the injuries that we've that we've had, it, it's not he's not been able to pick his best side. So, I think it has been difficult, and the fact that we've had to, you know, sign freeze and loans has also made it made it hard as well. Um, I think I've always stuck behind him. I've, I think I've um, I think he's probably the man to to take us forward, mainly because I don't know who else would um, if if he didn't if he got the sack, but. Um, but yeah, a certain section of the fans wanted him gone. But although in recent weeks the form's picked up, um, you know we had four wins on the bounce, which we've not done in a long time, and you know those um, those more outers have have been silenced somewhat. Mm. I mean, I'm looking ahead to, to Saturday. Then obviously you do have a good home record, only two defeats at Hillsborough this season. Who who are the the key men that the Charlton fans should be wary of, especially considering, like you say, you've got those, those injury problems. Yeah, I mean. Well, I've got to say Barry Bannon. Really, I can't not say Barry Bannon. Everyone knows about him, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not stick on him too much. Um, he obviously, you know, creative player. You know, you look at the amount of key passes that he, that he makes. It's he's well up there. Um, chipped in with a goal uh, at the weekend, although he did miss a penalty, but he did, he did make amends for that later on. Um, another one, Massimo Luongo, is a player we've missed for a large part of the season, but there's you know, there's no no doubting that. Um, he's one of our best players, and it's you know surprised that when he's come back into the side, we have gone on a on a decent run. He, he allows Barry Bannon to to play in a more um, advanced role, which which suits him a lot more. 
Barry Bannon, when he plays poor, it's because he's dropping deep and, and picking the ball off, off the back four. Uh, but but the, those two work um, work quite well. Um, like yourselves, we're we're missing you know key strikers in Gregory and Windass. I would have I would have mentioned uh, those Mendes Lang. He's also injured. He's someone that's been been playing well. Um, probably one that's surprised us somewhat after the start that he made is Marvin Johnson uh, that we that we signed from Middlesbrough. He, at the start of the season, he was probably the worst player that that's ever put on a blue and white shirt for us. But since then, you know, he's he's had spells at left centre half, which raised eyebrows, and now he's playing in the in that left wing back role. And you know, the amount of times that he gets forward, he chipped in with two assists, although only one official one because the um, the other one kind of rebounded off the goalkeeper, so it don't it don't go down as his assist. But you know, he's the the amount of goal contributions that he's making is a is great and he's certainly one that like I said at the start of the season I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have thought that I was sat here now telling you that uh, that Marvin Johnson is one to watch Thanks very much to, to James for coming on and chatting with us um, you know I learned, learned a lot about Wednesday there obviously they've had an injury crisis of their own by the sounds of it Nath but you know other than the fact that uh, we should still be in the championship at their expense because of when of their, their, their points deduction was uh, was applied um, you know it's, it's always an interesting game against Sheffield Wednesday it's a great it's a great place to go and watch football um, and, and they would have come into this season with high expectations which I'd say aren't quite being fulfilled because they're outside of playoffs but they're not far off them and it's going to be you know it's going to be another tough one like they all they all seem to be at the moment yeah it's gonna be a tough game it's always tricky going up there um previously when we've gone up there we've been in sort of good form or um I mean the last time we went there I think we considered the last minute winner against that big old lump new who or whatever his face is but yeah it's good yeah they probably would have been expected to be there or thereabouts so they've got some good players in there as much as he's a bit irritating Barry Bannon is a good player to, at this level to play in the middle of the park he can he can dictate the play. Um, yeah, they've got some good, some good sort of young players. They've got some experienced pros in there, and I think their, their problem is that the earlier season, I think they've drawn quite a few games. I don't know how many they've drawn, but I know they've drawn quite a few, and they just weren't scoring enough. But you know, they've got Lee Gregory and Canberry who are going to be threats, and yeah, it's going to be a tough game. And yeah, I, I was due to go, but I can't now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a hard game. It's but anything can happen in football, you know. I always say that sometimes with us, we always do better against the good teams and not so much against the lesser yeah, teams. That was our theory coming into this this well. this run against the top six teams, wasn't it? But that's we, that's been blown out of the trying. water. <laughs> we got to keep trying, mate. Yeah. Well, we ain't won up at Hillsborough since that Marvin Sordell hat trick uh, in two thousand and fourteen, back in the glory days. But let's hear uh, Johnny Jackson look ahead uh, to the game as well. Obviously, after this run, we are on. Uh, where we've lost our last four. Jackson was asked if, uh, you know, as well as team selection and, and tactics and whatnot, if there's also a little bit of character that needs to be shown from the side now as well. Yeah, I mean, everyone needs to show a bit of grip and, and toughness now, a um, bit of character to get through it. I don't, for a second, think that the, the, the effort and the the endeavour's not been there. I think everyone's everyone's trying to... As hard as they possibly can, we just you know we 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 realise we are short in a few areas, and uh, that's that's being the difference. But the lads are giving me everything; they'll continue to give me everything, no doubt. And they need to do that. You know, if you you go into Hillsborough, that's that's the very least that you need. And then, obviously, you know, we we need to see what's available to us and try and come up with a way of of, uh, of playing and trying to get a positive result with with what's available. Crowd on Tuesday night a little, little bit lower than, than normal, um, which um, is uh, probably to be uh, to be expected. But we've uh, we've got upwards of a thousand, you know, towards a thousand 
people heading up towards Hillsborough on the fans heading up towards Hillsborough on Saturday, you're going to need them as well, as well as the players. Yeah, of course. The support's been tremendous. Um, always travel with our numbers, don't we? And uh, you know, we've had some we've had some decent uh, decent games up at Hillsborough, so I'm sure people are looking forward to that. It's a great place to play football. I love playing there. Looking forward to managing there, and uh, you know, I'm sure if you know if you can't get up for that one, you you won't be able to get up for anything because it's uh, obviously you know a massive massive club, massive stadium, historical place in in English football. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's Jacko. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned at the end, Tom, we are taking an incredible amount of supporters up there. I mean, we always take a lot up to Hillsborough because it is a great stadium to go to and it's a good chance to get out on the beers in Sheffield after. It's a good place to go. But, you know, it is good to see the fans, you know, sticking behind the team and, and hopefully they'll be able to enjoy, you know, take something out of the trip up there because we all, we all need a lift. Every, every single one of us, you know, involved with, with supporting the Addicts. Totally, yeah. It's an unbelievable effort. And I know I spoke earlier about kind of the, the infighting between fans and Twitter not being a comfortable place to be at the moment and all of that. But the one thing you can't knock is the fans inside the stadium or, or you know, while the team are playing. Um, the, the support is pretty much universal, even on Tuesday night. You know, OK, it was quiet and the numbers were down. But at no point during the game did I see the, the fans get uh, on the team's back. Um, I've managed to do as many away games this season as I would like but the ones I have been to even when we've been pretty poor or, or lost the game again fans have been been really really good um, and you know last few seasons really probably going back seven or eight years now uh, maybe even longer the, the away following has always been solid from us but at this stage of this season given where we are and the, the run we're on to be taking that many up I know as you said, you've got the caveats of Sheffield being a good city and Hillsborough being an iconic ground and all of that. But, you know, I could easily see why why people would give this one a miss. Um, so to be taking that many up is great. You know, it does make a difference. I know the run we're on doesn't maybe sound like that, but it, it genuinely does. Um, and, yeah, you just got to hope that the, the players can give them something to, to shout about up there and to enjoy that post-match beer because with all the travelling that some of them will have done over the past few weeks up to the northwest and in the storms and spending a lot of money, they, they deserve a, an away win. Um, so I just, just hope the team can give them that, really. Yeah, I dread to think what the trains have got in store for us on, on Saturday. I mean, first class on the way home. It's one of those weird quirks where when I went, when I went to book my train ticket, it was cheaper to go in first class for some reason on the way back. So I'll be living La Vida Loca on the way back. So that, that should be good. Nathan, I mean, in terms of... Team selection, and we've spoken about the, the lack of strikers. Now at the back, obviously, we, we, we're out Sean Clare, um, and uh, Chris Gunter came back into the team on, on, on Tuesday. Were you surprised by that? He'd, he'd not been involved in a league game since the draw at Morecambe back in, I think, October, November time. Um, I guess the argument is that out of Pierce and Lavelle, the two that could play the right centre-back, I guess that Jason... Uh, the, maybe Jacko's decided that there's not quite enough manoeuvrability there, and, and Gunter maybe is slightly more manoeuvrable, but I don't know. I don't know if that's the way I'd, I'd see it, but it, again, it's sort of disguised as a lack of option in terms of the, the right type of centre-half to play in that position, perhaps. Yeah, it could be. I just think also it gives you the flexibility, which we had with Sean, if we ever needed to go to a four in a game, back four in a game, or... Because yeah, we did go into a four late on against uh, Milton Keynes, actually. I did notice when, when DJ came on and went up, we actually went into the into the diamond with a four, but... Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's what the flexibility gives with your gunter there, and obviously Sean can play there. But no, if he doesn't, he keeps the free out. Of you know, when you lose the ball or 
if you know if our wing back goes really high, then you can go to a four, and then if they do break with a the ball, then you're still in quite good shape. So I, I can understand that. Whereas if you had Akin, Jason, and Sam, even though I think Sam could do fine coming out with a ball at times, he's not a natural right back. So I could say, I could probably see that. I'd, I probably it wouldn't surprise me if I see the same same back three. Um, Although they've got Sal, so he's got some pace. So I don't know if we're going to need Akin in there. I mean, with a with a back line, back three of Gunter, Pierce, and uh, Lavelle doesn't doesn't um, scream with pace, does it? So I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if he he more or less keeps it the same the same team. But again, there's not much really you can change. The only bit I think you can change is maybe Fraser. But you know, does anyone deserve to be dropped? Gilby doesn't really done much. You know, Elliot. Looked a bit bright in patches when he come on. So, and then up front is up front. So we haven't really got much choice there either. So, I can't see many many changes happening. Uh, be interesting if Niall John gets a go because he gives us a bit more energy. Um, but again, it's going it's going to be quite probably a lot of the game where we're not going to have a lot of the ball. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he plays. But it makes sense for me. You know, Chris Gunner's not going to be the first name on my team sheet by any stretch. But you know, with the situation the way that it is. It wouldn't surprise me if he keeps it more or less the same. There we go. Right, well, we've come to the end of this week's uh, big match preview. Thanks to all of those who've listened and, and sent your messages in uh, as well. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at that game uh, against Sheffield Wednesday, wherever happens uh, up at Hillsborough. We have all the reaction on Charlton Live on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Tom and Nathan for joining me. Cheers, boys. Good to speak to the pair of you. Enjoy your salmon on crew for dinner. And Nathan, uh, I'm Louis Mendez. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again on Sunday. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.